0: Well, good evening. It's it's good to be here. I'd like to say that I have been enjoying these sessions on the church. So thank you, Lowell, for what you have have shared. It's been very worthwhile. And so this evening we want to look a little bit at what our age group can do in the church. Uh, You might call us uh, empty nesters or seniors or over-the-hill gang, whatever you want to call us. But we're the older people and what can we, you know, what can we do in the church? In Joe's email that he sent me, and you've heard some of these questions before, he asked these questions. How at your stage in life can you work in the church? How can you be involved? What does being part of a church mean to you? What things that you see other people doing challenge you in being tools for Christ to build the church? What is your vision for the church as you work? Some pretty hard questions there, I think. And <clears throat> I think Gary Miller, when he wrote that book, uh, Going to You're Gone, you're probably familiar with that. Uh, he had some very similar questions, I believe. He said, how can we stay focused and vigilant in our later years? How can we maintain a clear vision for serving the Lord? Is it possible to be useful to the kingdom and accomplish anything when our flesh cries out for rest from the battle? You know, again, some, again, some fairly, you know, fairly justice. Very few verses from. He says, "For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. By thee have I been holding up from the womb. Thou art." Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. Uh, Going down to verse nine, cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. Going down to verses 14 and 15, but I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day for I know not the numbers thereof. And then verses 17 and 18, O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. And can't you kind of sense the heart cry of, of David there as he in that, especially in that last verse, Lord, I, now you've been with me, but now I am old, and I don't want to leave this earth until I show to the next generation your goodness and and uh, um, your strength and your power to everyone that is to come. I think that's just a wonderful, wonderful prayer, and I think we see in these verses David looking back on his life. And he's thanking God for being with him and helping him from his youth and even before he was born, as he says in verse 6, uh, where he said, by thee have I been holden up from the womb. And now that David is old and gray-headed, he still has a desire uh, to be of value in the work of God. And, and he's wondering, how should that be done? <clears throat> I think David mentioned some things that, that we should take note of, and that we should be, follow his example. You know, for one thing, I believe David remembered his and appreciated his past, and he remembered God's faithfulness to him in the past, and you know, as, I, as we think of our older years, I think that's something we should do too. Remember God's faithfulness to us in the past, and not only did David remember and appreciate his past, but he also reminded others of God's faithfulness uh, in this psalm that he wrote. And he reminds you and I, as we read that psalm, of his faithfulness to us uh, in the past. Nate Bang had a message in April of 2019 entitled Aging with Grace. And uh, it was a message, especially for seniors, it was a good, very good message. You know, he pointed out that we should appreciate our past and remember God's faithfulness, just like David did in in that psalm. Something that Nate mentioned in his message, remembering is a commandment. Remembering is a commandment. Deuteronomy 8, verses 2 and 18, both those verses say, thou shalt remember. Why should we remember? Well, you know, a couple of reasons. God has been faithful to us in the past. And as we remember that, it gives us hope for the future. Remembering the past, God's faithfulness, gives us hope for the future. And like David, we should remind others of God's faithfulness in our lives also. Excuse me, I'm kind of battling with a cold or allergies. You know, our family, our children, our grandchildren, our church people, uh, they are all people that we can uh, tell stories to. And that's, that's one way that we can just remind others of God's faithfulness, by telling stories and telling. And I think, I think the, Nate had mentioned this in his message. Uh, have there been times in our past that we have experienced God's protection in a particular way? Have you had some narrow escapes, some close calls, and you sense God's hand in that and protecting you and keeping you? You know, that's something you can tell your children and your grandchildren, as well as others, and it can have an impact on on their lives. We can tell, did God answer prayer in a specific way in your life? You know, you can talk about that. Or did God make his will known in a very specific way? Stories like this can be very powerful, I believe, in reminding people of God's faithfulness, our families especially, perhaps. Stories can let others know of the hope we have of the future. You know, when Jesus was here, he was the master storyteller, wasn't he? He was a master storyteller. He told lots of stories, and we call them parables. Our speaker uh, this week was very good at telling stories. Thank you, Lowell, for that. <laughs> the many stories that he told to illustrate truth, you know, they're, those can be very powerful in our lives. Glenn Bender uh, is a good storyteller. You know, he's told a lot of stories. In his sermons, uh, one of our sons said, that's his favorite I preacher, because he tells a lot of stories. May I tell a story about you, Glenn? I should probably have you tell the story. Years ago, Glenn was preaching up right up here above us and preaching about the blood of Jesus and the the fact that life is in the blood and so on. He told this story about himself as a boy. He was out splitting wood and his nose started to bleed. And he didn't didn't do anything about it right away. And you'll have to tell me if I'm wrong here, Glenn. He didn't do anything about it quite right away. This started getting worse and didn't stop. After a while his clothing were bloody. The snow around him was starting to get all red and bloody. He went for the house soon, but he, uh, he was getting weak and barely made it up the steps to the kitchen door. And he went into a lot of detail about this, a lot of graphic detail. It so happened that my brother-in-law was here from Ohio, one of them, he gets a little squeamish about blood. And Glenn lost him about somewhere between the woodpile and the kitchen. <laughs> and he, my brother-in-law slumped over, and I think it was on Alvin Beiler. And Alvin and someone else had to help him out the door to revive him. But he said, I so he heard. So he created a last evening. But he said, well, Anyway, the, the point is that stories can help us remember the truth of God's word. Well, another point, take advantage of the present. You know, old age can be a time of opportunity and fruitfulness. I think of Jonas Kaufman going to Christian Aid Ministries in his nineties, and he would still probably be going if it weren't for COVID. But, you know, there's there are a lot of volunteer opportunities and I'm not going to go into a lot of that. There have been other suggestions made throughout the week of things that we could do that, anyone can do. But there are a lot of volunteers at Aid Ministries Warehouse or, or at the Meat Canning or at Blessings of Hope. Those who are Gideons have the opportunity of passing out Testaments and Bibles, uh, but you don't have to be a Gideon to pass out tracts or Bibles. You can do that anyway. It says in Psalm 92, <clears throat> the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall, they shall be fat and flourishing. Fat and flourishing. Do we have some fat and flourishing people around here? Well, do we, are they spiritually fat and flourishing? That, that's what the psalmist meant. Uh, hopefully we are all spiritually fat and flourishing. Claire Schnoop says, he made this statement. The most productive years of our lives should be the 10 years of our lives after our children are grown and on their own. It is a time when we have experience and hopefully wisdom that we didn't have when younger. 10 years after your children are gone. So, for most of us, at what age is that? Maybe 60? 60 to 70 years, 10 years there, should be, Claire says, a very fruitful uh, time of our lives. Another point, uh, Old age is the time to get to know God better. You know, we do have more time to read and pray, don't we? And there's just no end to prayer requests that we can pray for. I liked one woman's suggestion that I heard of one time. She said she likes to pray for her family at night when she's in bed before she goes to sleep. And I think she liked, liked to pray for one child each evening. And so I, I thought that was a good idea. We can go to bed, perhaps Monday evening, we can pray for the oldest in the family, and their children, uh, our grandchildren, uh, name them by name, and so on. Second evening, the Tuesday evening, the second child, and so on. And on down the line, now if you have more than seven children, Michael, you might have a problem. <laughs> but you know, I like that suggestion, old people sometimes Uh, have a hard time falling asleep, and while we can't guarantee that praying for your family is going to put you to sleep, it might help, it'd be worth a try. You know, there's never a time in our lives, (coughs) never a time in our lives when God says, well, you've just, you've been a faithful prayer warrior, you can stop now. You know, it doesn't happen, does it? Jonas Kaufman, you think of him, mention him again. Almost 100 years old. Perhaps he's prayed for 80, 85 years. But God doesn't say, Jonas, you can stop now. It just doesn't work that way. There are always so many needs uh, family, uh, community, church, nation. Nation, you know. Is our, does our nation need prayer? Oh, my. Did you see our nation in Romans 1? We were studying Romans 1 in uh, our Sunday school. Did you see our nation there? I think so, you know. Is God calling us older ones to come step up to the plate and pray for our nation, for revival in our nation? You know, it's, a, it's an open-ended question. Well, another thought here, old age, can be a time of focusing on others. Gary Miller says, and I'm, I'm using a lot of quotes tonight from Gary Miller and his book, Going Until You're Gone. The quote is this, those who, those who see needs and respond to them understand that what they have is not their own. Old age, a time of focusing on others. And there are people in our church who are good at that and, uh, forgive me, Alta, if you don't like this, but you are one of those people. <laughs> she is one that will call people and just say, "How are you doing?" Especially if she knows they're going through a hard time of of some kind. How are you doing? And just give words of encouragement and and uh, comfort. And she's not the only one. There are others that that do that too. And and anyone can do that. And everyone. Needs some encouragement at times. You know, our age group <clears throat> has experienced some of the hard knocks of life. And we know, don't we, that no hard knocks are going to make us either bitter or better. And Lowell mentioned that, I think it was last evening. Going to make us either bitter or better. They're going to make us either grumpy or gracious, you know. And I think a lot of the difference lies in where our focus is. Are we, are we focusing only on ourselves or are we focusing uh, on others? Our age group is known as the Baby Boomers. It's a large group of people that was born after the World War II uh, from 1946 to 1964. It's, it's a group, our group is contributing to the graying of America graying, G-R-A-Y-I-N-G. It refers to the fact that there's a lot of older people in America and that group is growing. And it's, it's expected that in 12 or 13 years there's going to be more people over the age of 65 in America than children. And that, that will be a first for America. So I asked the question, in 12 or 13 years will there be a lot of old grumpy men and women in America? in 12 or 13 years, will there be a lot of old, grumpy men and women in Lancaster County? And more specifically, in 12 or 13 years, will there be a lot of old, grumpy people at the Weaver Town Church? Or will there be a group, for example, and again, I focus on God, and you know those, they can just talk about themselves, uh, about their problems, about their issues, and life isn't fair and, and on and on and on like that. Don't you just love those people? <laughs> Another quote, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And in our study of the book of Acts, you know, the life of Paul was such a challenge. He, he's, his life was just live for the glory of God and for others. And when he was told that if he goes to Jerusalem, <clears throat> he's going to be bound <clears throat> he said, none of these things move me. You know, you know what a challenge his life was. Another, another point. Anticipate the future. Anticipate the future. Anticipate what God has for us yet in this life and then ultimately heaven. To Paul, death was something to look forward to. You know, he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Also said, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, <clears throat> which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. That's something to look forward to, you know. Another quote, the man who spends his days fearfully dreading the inevitable day of his death can never really enjoy this life. You know, thank God we don't need to dread the future, even though we don't look forward to those days, time, that time before we die, because we don't know what we'll go through, and yet it will be worth it all. It will be worth it all. Another point. cultivate honesty and openness in our lives. You know, be open and honest about the temptations and mistakes in our lives. Sometimes, you know we would like to portray ourselves as being very mature, just full, just full of wisdom and understanding, you know, being able to help others, and having our duckies in a row. But let's, let's face it, sometimes it just ain't so. And sometimes, sitting instead of having my duckies in a row I don't even know where my duckies are, or you even have any, you know <laughs> We may as well be open and honest about our mistakes. And if we try to portray that we're perfect, you know, we're just making our hypocrite of ourselves. And people are going to see that, and I, especially, I think especially young people, they can see right through that, and they can see that he's not perfect, he's just a hypocrite. <laughs> my, my wife's father was one who, was, well, I was, wanted to say this first, holiness is a lifelong endeavor holiness is a lifelong endeavor and as long as we are on this life we're going to have our spiritual struggles and trials and we may as well share them and be open and honest about them and sometimes it can be a help to others my wife's father was an example of that he was one <coughs> he was one who was converted a little later in life and he became very vocal <coughs> about his salvation he was one who challenged others and witnessed to others and he was instrumental in bringing Jonas J. Miller to the Lord. Jonas later became the bishop at Maranatha Church in in Holmes County but on his deathbed my father-in-law experienced some struggles and some doubts about his salvation and so it was just very special to the family that Jonas J.E. came and just very kindly and from the scripture, scriptures pointed out to him uh, and I reassured him of salvation, uh, of his salvation by faith in Jesus Christ. Gary Miller quote, the only way we will increase this spiritual fire in our lives is if we are humble and honest about our mistakes. Another point, try to maintain a positive attitude you know it's it's important that we don't dwell on the mistakes and failures of the past we all have them don't we i think so we all have them things things we wish that we could go back and do over and we could do it right the second time but you know we don't have that opportunity we just don't but we have to move forward in faith and paul said forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Did Paul have regrets? Ah. Oh, I'm sure he did. You know, he made havoc of the church, our study in Acts. As we studied Acts, you know, it it says he took men and women to prison. You take a man to prison, that's one thing. You take a woman to prison, that's another thing. And you can only imagine the grief and turmoil and Havoc of soldiers going into a home and tearing young children out of their mother's arms and casting them aside and taking the men and women to prison, you know, almost unbelievable. Paul had regrets, I'm sure, and yet he said, I forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth into those things which are before. Part of maintaining a positive attitude is being grateful, grateful for what God has given to us, grateful. Grateful for the people around us, grateful for our spouses, and doesn't it always seem to go that you don't know what you have until it's gone, or you don't appreciate what you have until it's gone? We are, as older people, we are, uh, we are at a very vulnerable age. You know, anything can happen to us at any time. And of course, everyone is only a heartbeat away from eternity, but for us as older ones, it's especially so. So let's be grateful for what we have. Well, I'm kind of running late here. Practice Philippians 4, eight, And you know that verse, find brother, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, and so on. It says, think on those things. Holiness doesn't come automatically as we get older. It just doesn't. It needs to be worked on. You know, we become what we think. So we need to practice holy thinking, which leads to holy living. And there, you know, there's no value in being old if we aren't living a godly life. It Says Proverbs 16:31, "The hoary head is a crown of glory, if it be found in the way of righteousness." Notice there it said, "If it be found in the way of righteousness, the hoary head is a crown of glory, if it be found in the way of righteousness." And another that way, but every conversation, small thing. Many Years ago, I was. Working God consciousness about him. One example, and, you know, we, going home from work, he was sitting in the front and as we went around the corner, his door flew open and he just grabbed it quick and slammed it shut and said, thank God I didn't fall out. Well, that's a, that's a small thing, you know, but it kind of struck me because I would have sure slammed the door shut, but I may not have said, thank God I didn't fall out. There were a lot of other things in his life. <laughs> He just had a a God consciousness uh, about himself. Acknowledge your value in the eyes of God. The Bible places high value on old age. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God, I am the Lord. Uh, A quote from John MacArthur, those who can best show forth the character of God are the ones who have walked with him the longest a very simple truth, and yet it's profound. You know, Certainly someone who's been a victorious Christian for many years can be a tremendous blessing in, in the church. <coughs> well, it's time to close here. I'm gonna close here soon. Uh, a, a challenge <coughs> to all of us from Gary Miller, as you try to discern God's will for your final years, I want to encourage you to begin where you are, don't just sit idly while waiting for revelation. Too often we pray for direction and plead that God would give us more information. But Jesus says to go ahead, go ahead and do what you already know to do. And as you do this, he will give you more light. Start in your present situation. And I think that's a good thing to think about. Do you, can you think of something you could do tomorrow to help further the work of the church? God says that's where you start. Uh, God doesn't open multiple doors for us usually <clears throat> but just one at a time and that's wh- that's where we, we need to start well I'm going to close with a, just a short story here yet uh, over in Europe are the Alps <clears throat> there are those huge mountains <clears throat> and some of you have been there and you you stand at the base of those mountains and you look up and you know they they look like they're gonna reach the sky. And some men and women like to try to climb those things. And sometimes they make it and sometimes they don't. But I'm told that over in the, somewhere at the foot of the Alps, uh, is a grave of, of a man who was trying to get to the top and didn't make it. He slipped and fell to his death. And on the tombstone of that grave is this very simple inscription, he died climbing. Three words, he died climbing. i just lead, like to leave that for a challenge for all of us to keep on climbing in our Christian lives until that time that God calls us home.